unstoppable kick-ass confidence. Are you ready? Welcome to the Raw and Unscripted Show with Christopher Roush, where we help you overcome your self-created crap without the self-help fluffy bullshit. Now please welcome our host, Christopher Roush. the book, Reinvent Yourself, Personal Positive Growth Through Mess, Movement, and Mission. Yes, we are talking about a lot of cool subjects in tonight's broadcast. Talk about reinvention. That is such a perfect subject for the time that's going on right now as of this recording, still going through COVID and everything. Um, But anyways, uh, sit back, grab your favorite writing utensil and your favorite uh, note-taking app or whatever it might be, because we talk about reinvention. We talk about the different perspectives of change and what it takes to adapt and what it takes to overcome different fears and philosophies. And Rick is an expert about that. He recently left his corporate career about four years ago, I believe, to jump full deep into coaching and speaking and everything else. And we talk about that. We talk about how to get unstuck. We talk about you know uncertainty and how to have that perspective and how to have flexibility in your life. Um, links to his book are in the description. And just sit back, get ready, and uh, we hope you enjoy the show. And please, as always, comment. We are live in the comments right now when you're watching this, uh, myself and Rick, I believe. And uh, so we will be commenting with you and we just appreciate you watching this and sharing this if you find value in that. And as always, go to my YouTube page, youtube.com forward slash the Christopher Roush, and you can find playlists to all our previous shows, all my walk and talks and everything else and more. So again, youtube.com forward slash the Christopher Roush. I love you guys. Peace out. I hope you guys enjoy the show. Cheers. Thanks a lot, Rick. You rock. Unstoppable kick-ass confidence. Are you ready? Welcome to the Raw and Unscripted Show with Christopher Roush, where we help you overcome your self-created crap without the self-help fluffy bullshit. Now please welcome our host, Christopher Roush. Hey, what's up, kick-ass nation? This is Christopher Roush, and you're back with another episode of Raw and Unscripted with yours truly, and here we are to help you overcome your self-created crap without the self-help fluffy bullshit. And here we are, a pre-recorded episode this particular week, and we've got the pleasure of having a great individual who is going to be joining us in just a second to help us with our mindset, with our growth mindset, with things we can do during this uh, very particular time in our lives. At the taping of the the time of the taping for this particular show, we're still going through the COVID nineteen situation, uh, the protests that are going on around the world, a lot of uncertainty, a lot of heaviness that has been going on. At the time of this taping, it is now early July. So as you know, we've been dealing with COVID now since the beginning of March and all the other things that have gone into that particular situation, the job losses, uh, the kids, the the deaths, the, the medical situation, the insurance, the uncertainty, the new normal, all those different things we've all been dealing with during this time. And as you guys know, with this show, I've been bringing you guests and bringing you content that we can begin to use immediately to change our perspectives. That's one of the most important things that we could do. And in this time, a lot of people's perspectives is that they want it to go back to normal. And as we all know, and I think hopefully most of my viewers already rationalize this, is that there is no normal. There is only what is next. And that what is next is what is an opportunity for us to either react or respond to. And we can either choose to be a victim of a situation or a victor of a situation. And that comes into choice. That comes into mindset. That comes into the way we look at things. And so I'm happy to have on my show today, Mr. Rick Denley. Mr. Rick Denley uh, is the growth expert. And we were talking a little bit before taping this particular show and just kind of setting up for what we want to give to you guys here during this, this hour of conversation to bring you the maximum value of what it is that you can implement in your mindset, what you can implement in your goal setting, what you can implement in your relationships. How are you doing, Rick? What's going on, man? Excellent, Christopher. Thanks for having me on the show and a big shout out to your viewers. Thank you. Thank you for so much for being on. I really appreciate it. Um, So in the intro there, I'm sure you heard me. I was talking about what's been going on in our lives since, you know, early March with the the complete change in our lifestyle across the globe with COVID-19 and all yeah. the different things that is played out in that. How has that impacted you and your personal life? And what are some of the things that you personally have grown? I know that you, you coach people and you help yeah. people, but just for yourself, what things have kind of come in, into your play that have caused you to grow or, or look at things differently? 
And thank yeah, you again for great question. Yeah, it's a great question, Christopher. Thank you. You know, the interesting part about change is the fact that there's really only two types of change, right? There's one that we create and we say, look, I'm going to make a change. I'm going to go in a different direction. And we instigate that and we're held accountable for it by ourselves. Then there's change that comes our way that we didn't ask for. And more than likely, that's a change which is so difficult for people to wrap around, right? Where they can't even uh, look at change and it's not just something where you embrace change you need to get out in front and lead change regardless of how it came your way you know the woe is me change came my way statement doesn't work we've got to step up and as you always say no excuses to it let's get it going into change change itself isn't painful resistance to change is painful so the better we get at accepting embracing leading change the better off we'll be so your question to me was how is all this impacted me it's impacted me like everybody else you know things have had to change for me i need to be proactive in my business world to start with pivot and change everything online early march i was uh, on stage in front of about 300 people sharing with them the importance and ability of reinventing yourself into whoever you want to be i flew home on a plane that evening and everything changed Everything changed for everybody, and it did for me too. I've had to pivot and change my business more virtual now. You know, doing a great podcast with you right now is terrific. I've had to take all of my coaching sessions online. I can no longer be one-on-one. -on -one. I've had to speak virtually to crowds instead of being on the stage, and that's different and difficult, but we adapt to it and we change. And here's the interesting part is that our brain can adapt and change, Christopher. It just takes practice. And through practice, we get better at it. And so, listen, you know, like I said, change itself is a painful resistance to change is painful. No, that, that, that's so true. And I'm so glad you mentioned that, Rick, because one, one thing I wanted to key in on that was that, that word resistance. And I find so many of us come up against it. And some of us are astute enough to figure out what that resistance is. But what do you, sell, what do you tell people who are not used to that? They're just coping with resistance. And they've always had resistance in their life. And they know where it comes from. Talk to us a little bit how people can acknowledge that resistance and, and turn their perception around about that resistance. Yeah, you know, and that's a really good point that you make because when we look at why people can't get past something and why they can't get past barriers and such, it's usually because of fear. And fear becomes a resistance for them. And it's interesting that with fear, uh, you know, there's steps to getting around fear, but I don't just get around fear, we harness fear. We take, we take that, that, that energy from fear and harness it in the right direction for ourselves. So the first thing we have to do is identify it. What is it we're really afraid of when we talk about change? Let's identify that. And are there options for us? And then, okay, let's deal with them. What are some of the obstacles to getting us there? And then those are all things that we talk about when I'm helping coach people to get to where they want to be, the people they want to be, the career they want to have, the relationship they want to have. Mm. No, thank you for thank you for sharing that. It's, I mean, it does come down to fears. I mean, that's what um, I've certainly seen in my life: the fear of rejection, the fear of failure, the fear of you know looking stupid, the fear of yeah. the fear of success. I mean, I've been surprised yeah. at how many people I've coached who have actually been punishing themselves because they're not ready for the success. They want a certain aspect of it, but they know that they're actually punishing themselves because they haven't even thought about that. Um, when you think about fear, Rick, I mean, I think I watch my three and a half year old son. And, and I watch from a very, from a couple of different perspectives. I, I watch him obviously as a dad, but honestly, I watch him from a perspective of personal development, how the lights and the wiring come on as they, as they get older, because I've only dealt with older people and trying to go back to their childhood to diagnose their fear. Yeah. What, where does fear come from in the fact that my son isn't fearful of much, but I'm starting to see like when he's on the playground, he's starting to get fear of heights. He's starting to get fears. How does that come into play? Do you know that answer? Well, you know, I'm not a psychologist, but the things that I've gone through in my life that I try and share with other individuals, I mean, we can get into the story of, uh, you know, why I'm on stage like this, uh, holding a boxing glove in my hand, because at, at the age that I am, I decided to take up boxing to support a charity, Fight Tan Cancer, and step in the ring as an amateur boxer and raise money and awareness for cancer. And, and people say, well, weren't you scared? And, well, yeah, oh, shit, I was scared. Sure, who wouldn't be? Who wouldn't be fearful? But it's the same process that we go through as your son is looking at the monkey bars going, wow, that's pretty high. What are we afraid of? Well, a whole bunch of things that you already mentioned. And we need to identify it. We're afraid of failure to start with. 
right? We're afraid of maybe getting hurt, maybe our heart broken, maybe an arm broken in this case, maybe a face broken when I step in the ring, right? These are things that we become fearful for. And then we have to address them, identify them, and then see how we can work around them and understand the potential outcomes with it. And then it's like a business decision on ROI, our, our return on investment. Is this worth it? Is it worth me getting up on those monkey bars and swinging across them? Because if I fall off, you know, somebody might see me and society might say, well, you're a failure then. And that happens whether you're three and a half years old or whether you're older our age as well. We go through the same mental process. So if we can gain an understanding of what that process is from a young age on, we're going to be a lot better off when we get older. Mm, that's, so, that's so true. And I, and I love the way you say that because when, you know, it is about that perspective about getting off and then, Oh, is the dentist an issue? And like, Oh, I'm deathly afraid of the dentist. And, yeah. sit, and I sit there and I wonder, you know, how much do our words, Rick, how much do our words and the things we tell ourselves play in to actualizing a fear that really isn't a fear that maybe is just a thought or a perception or an assumption. You know what I mean? So maybe if, yeah. somebody, if I sit there and say, I'm a hor I'm horrible at math, then likelihood of me being horrible at math is going to be pretty good. You know, right. Talk to us a little bit about the, the words that we use that play well, into those fears. You know, whether you think you, you can, or you can't, you're right. And Ford. you know, that was Henry Ford who said that. And it's so true. Our minds and how we self-talk is so important to us. I know through reading and friends of mine that are psychologists and such, we have over 60,000 thoughts in a day. 80% of them are garbage. We're telling ourselves we can't, we shouldn't, we're not up to it. It's going to turn out terrible. That's what's happening in our minds. And we need to change that around to positive thoughts, positive visions, a bit of mindfulness, if you will, as far as meditation goes, to think about positive outcomes. You know, when, when I'm gearing up for an amateur bout and so on in the ring, I visualize that entire fight in my mind first to start with. So that I know the outcome even ahead of time. And people can do this and get into the practice of positive thinking and positive outcomes. It helps us stay in a positive light within our mind. Mm, yes, so true. So true. So talk to us about your ROI process of getting in the ring. I'm, I'm not I'm not sure too, too sure of your past. I don't know if boxing was in your past, but talk to us a little bit about what your why is for doing that and how you keep yourself positive and how you keep yourself directed through some of those fears sure. and those challenges. Yeah, great question. No, my background had nothing to do with boxing. Uh, I played some high-level sports throughout the years and such like that. Um, you know, went in some events that take some mental toughness as well, like triathlons and such. But there came a point back a couple years ago that I decided I wanted to do something with uh, in the philanthropy area, and I wanted to help out a cause, and that cause ended up being cancer, fight cancer, build awareness, build funds so that we can get a handle on this terrible disease. And, you know, it just kept going through my mind a lot of times. I'm not doing this for me. I'm doing this for others that can't fight right now, that are fighting a fight much worse than mine. And I can only imagine what they're going through. So, in fact, I actually turned it around to how grateful I was that I could do something like this for others to raise funds and awareness to help beat this disease. Uh, so that's the mindset that I went into it with. And as well, a mindset of really, even if I lose in the ring, I'm not losing overall. Because the overall goal for me, in this case, was to raise funds and awareness. And we can turn that into anything that we're thinking about, any, any event, any challenge that we have. What is the end game that we're looking for? And steps along the way, they might not all be perfect, but they get us there. Mm -hmm. Yes, yes, they get us there. They get us there from usually someplace we've been. So talk to us a little bit about Rick as you were younger. What type of kid were you, youngster? And how did you get into the personal development space to really want to help people versus something else that you might have been going after as a kid? Yeah, and that's a very good question because I, I don't know when it started. But uh, even when I was young growing up, you know, I always liked to fix things. I always like to work on things. And, and I think sometimes I broke things just so I could fix them again, take them apart, see how it all worked. What a lot of people don't know is that my first degree out of, out of university is actually engineering. So I'm an engineer as a background. And it's something that I always like tinkering with, fixing things. It started off with, with bicycles. Then it got into motorcycles. Then it went into cars. But the interesting part, too, was that then, of course, moving on in my life, I became a parent. 
and I have two great boys that are in their 20s right now. They're fabulous. But of course, as dad, you're always looking to fix things as well. With your kids, you're always looking to help them. Like you mentioned earlier, Christopher, how do I help my son overcome these fears? And there's all sorts of issues that kids come across throughout their different ages. And, and I found this ability and I enjoyed the challenge of helping others. Through my business career, I was a leader, sales leader, marketing leader, and I was always looking to make the next leader. How can I make these people be the absolute best that they can be? And people get into barriers that come their way and so on. And I try and figure out, well, how can we punch through those growth barriers? How can I help them do that? And after a fairly lengthy and, and good career, I'll say corporate wise, I decided to step out on my own about four years ago because I wasn't helping enough people. I wanted to help more people. How can I get more people involved and working with them to get them to be the people they want to be and in the position that they want to be as well? And that's why I took to stages. That's why I took to more coaching and consulting. That's why I took to writing the book, Reinvent Yourself as well. Mm. Talk to us a little bit about that. It was going to be a question down the road, but since you just mentioned it, talk to us about the book and what the what the ultimate goal was for you personally and for the person reading it. Were there two different goals or were, did you have the same goal as you were writing it for the person who was going to be reading it? Uh, I'd say it was one goal and it was to help others. Uh, you know, how can I put something together? It's funny how my engineering background and wanting to solve things and problems and issues created formulas for success. And I used those in coaching that I thought, I got to get these out to more people. This isn't just a business aspect now. This is something that people can be using personally. And I had a lot of challenges throughout my life thus far too, just like every, all your viewers do. Everybody has either a mess they're cleaning up, a mission that they're, that they're really anxious about moving forward with, or you know something else that's on the go for them, some sort of movement that they want to create. How do we do that? There's a formula for it. So I thought, well, I better write the book. But then I thought, well, it's going to be a real boring book unless I do something good for it. So I put stories in it. I put my personal stories in it. And then I had some other people that were close to me contribute a bit of their stories too. So that there's a variety in there. So people can say, yeah, I can relate to that one. That's just like me. Because, you know, we've all had successes and failures. So I put them all together in, in, in this book, Reinvent Yourself. And the idea of it is that it becomes a blueprint for people. There's exercises in it. Clarifying your why. We look at Simon Sinek and say, okay, how do we clarify our why? He did it better than anybody. Let's Great. do that first, right? So let's clarify our why and identify why we're doing this and flush it out. Then we look at what is it you're trying to accomplish. And that's envisioning that end goal and working our way backwards to where we create a blueprint on how. Here's how we're going to do it. And people are filling this in as they read the book, coming up with their own success plan for reinvention. And then finally, we look at barriers. How do we get past them? Everybody has barriers. Everybody has excuses. You hate excuses, Christopher, right? But yes, they've all got right. the, not the right time. I don't have enough money. I don't feel like it now. Well, too friggin' bad. Get on with it. You know, it's funny because there's quotes in the book that are important to me, too. And I used to love the Rocky series along with boxing. And in the Creed movie, Rocky says to Creed, he says to him, those three steps leading up to the ring are going to be the loneliest you'll ever take. I didn't understand what he meant till I actually did it. And, and, you know, some of this we need to do alone, but some of it we don't. Some of it we need coaches and mentors. I didn't step in the ring for my first fight without coaching and mentoring. I spent eight months in the gym learning just so I can even get to that point. And I had coaches and I had mentors. So guess what? 11 steps to choosing the correct coach and mentor are in here for people as well. I want to help them. All the things I went through, don't go making the same mistakes I did and others did. Let's look at the successes and how we got there. That's why I wrote the book. And then following the book now, I've had so many people ask me, well, the book's good, but I need more and I want more. So now there's actually a program, Reinvent Yourself, with a workbook and coaching that comes with it. I just want to help out more people be the best they can be, get past whatever mess they're in, whatever mission they're on so that they're successful. Mm, beautiful, Rick. Thank you so much for sharing that. And yeah. I can I can hear I can hear the the happiness in your voice. I can hear the determination in your voice. I can hear the pain in your voice that quite possibly as you were talking about the stories that are in there, talk to us about one story where you 
went through obviously something I'm guessing that where you had to reinvent yourself, where you had, like you said, you know, you've had, you've dabbled in a couple of different things. I'm guessing there's a point in your life or a few points in your life, like myself, where you had to go, Hey, well, this happened. Now I got to reinvent myself and I got to, I got to pivot. Yeah. Um, much like yourself, it's so funny the way you talk about your coaching program, because it's literally this, a lot of the same thing I do. We talked about doing our walk and talks with our dogs. So I, I really yeah. appreciate your approach to everything. Cause I'm a little bit the same way. I'm very, I'm very organized and meticulous and engineered in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's the way I look at personal development sometimes, but I'm very also empath- empathic and, 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 and I'm learning a lot of different things about my nature that help combine all that stuff. But you know, yeah. talk to me about that time where you did have to reinvent yourself and that, and that maybe that's, um, that has caused some of the suggestions in the book. Yeah, it has. You're right. There's, there's, there's business times where I've had to reinvent myself. There's personal times where I've had to reinvent myself. One that kind of combines the two really uh, would be about four years ago when I decided, you know what, I'm done with corporate. It's not where I want to be anymore. I want to get out and help more people. How do I go and do that? And I couldn't do it based on where I was at the time. I couldn't do it with, with, with the, um, I'll say the, the circle that I had at the time as well. So I had to make major changes in my life to do that. I had to leave the career I was in and, and that's very difficult. There's no transition for me. It was reinvention and, and the saying, you know, jump and the net will appear really has some good meaning because I did. And it's only way to do it at times too. You have to just bite that bullet and do those type things. So reinventing myself from corporate person into entrepreneur, uh, you know, one of those crazy people that, that works 100 hours so I don't have to work 40 anymore is what I do, but it's because I'm passionate about it. And if you lead with passion in your change, in your reinvention, you're going to be much more successful. You know, um, Angela Duckworth wrote a great book called Grit. And in it, what she identifies is successful people, politicians, sports people, business people, everyday people. And she narrowed it down to find out what makes people successful. And it comes down to grit. And with grit, she calls it, it's passion and persistence. Those are the two things you need to be successful at anything. So while I was reinventing myself, I had to make sure it was something I was passionate about so that I would be persistent in moving towards it. So those were a couple of large things that I needed to do when I left corporate world into entrepreneur world, all in the effort of helping more people. Mm. So you, so you had a big enough, a big enough why to create the big enough how. Oh, I like that. Yeah, I should have come up with that. Big enough yeah. why so that so that you can get through the how. That's, so that that's yours. Yeah. <laughs> so you can come over all the barriers as well, so that you can get through them. Because if you're not passionate enough or persistent enough, enough, you're not going to. No, you're not. You're not. And that's why I love the reinvention side of what you're talking about. Is uh, like we said at the very top of the show. A lot of us are dealing with that uncertainty and that 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 change that's going on. I've had to tell people yeah. in a different way, like this is this is your time to become the, the person that you need to become in order to get through the stuff that's going to be coming up ahead of you. Essentially, yeah. reinvention. But I had not been using that word, so thank you. Um, talk to talk to us and talk to the people out there who have been doing the same thing with the same people over and over again. They they're, they're in that they're in that. I won't say rut, but because I know some people actually do like that 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 sameness of life and everything who yeah. are now like, Oh my gosh, what am I going to do? How am I going to pivot? How am I going to get a different job? How am I going to look at jobs differently? You know, yeah. I've been doing that with a lot of people saying, Hey, listen, you know, the new normal is, is uncertainty and that's the way it's going to be for a while. So I suggest you get physically, mentally, and spiritually as strong as you could possibly be. And right. you start setting the example and helping people to become what they need to become. But I know that there's just so many people they just, and, it, and it's, it's, it's interesting for us sometimes is that they just don't know where to start or they have a, they have a spouse or they have a friend you know, who says, don't do that. That's stupid. You know, you should do this. Um, yeah. talk to them about where they have to find that, that testicular fortitude to, to be able to bust out and go, no, I got to do this. And now I don't maybe have the support of my spouse or the support of my family, but I know I need to do this. Yeah, that's a great point. I want to go back for a minute and just, just realize and, and let your audience know too, it, it's okay. And I understand it. Believe me, if you're feeling lost, if you're feeling confused right now, and as you mentioned, it's because the future is uncertain. But the best way to make your future more certain for you, right, is to create it yourself. Now, I know we've heard it before and it's a cliche, but guess what? It's true. Don't sit back and let somebody else drive your future. 
Don't let somebody else determine where you're going to end up and what you're going to do. It's a terrible position to be in. And yeah, it takes a lot of gohonies, as you said, to do the things you want to do to break out. In the book, I address some of that because it's not easy. One of the things I do is talk about communication. How do you communicate this massive why that you have to others so that they understand you're doing this? Okay, and it's going to take time and effort. It might be painful. It might be difficult, especially if you have a spouse, somebody close to you or others that it's going to impact. But this is important to you. So communicating that properly is huge. So that's one of the things that we want to look at. And listen, what we've got to remember is that nothing changes until we change something. If we get up and we do the same thing every day in and day out and just think about something, nothing happens. We have to take massive action. And it is massive. And believe me, the, the, the naysayers, the ones who don't believe in you and so on, they'll either come around and support you or they're out of your life. Either way, you will move forward because this is your focused determination. And if, they, if they're out of your life, they shouldn't have been there in the first place if they don't support you. Sorry. And I know that's harsh, but I'm saying it because I went through it. Yes. These people don't belong to be in your life. They don't belong for your time. If they're not there to support you, if they don't say, Christopher, Rick, I'm behind you because this is something you've told me you're passionate about. You've had it rattling around in your head for ages. You want to do it. So go do it. I'm behind you. That's the type of support and circle that you need to form. And listen, I've gone through times in my life when I didn't have many people close to me because they didn't agree with me or things didn't go the way they thought they should. Tough. Move past them. You'll find the right people for it. And, and it's not the same circle your entire life. Tell you a brief story. One time we moved into a house and it was a brilliant house. We had our kids and everything else and so on. I thought, well, this is it. This is where I'm going to be the rest of my life. They'll carry me out of here one day, hopefully when I'm 105 and, and that'll be it. But things change. We didn't remain in that house after several years. No different with your life. It's all pockets in time. And the people that surround you in time at different times are going to change. Get used to it. No different than, than careers now, where it's not like our parents that worked the same career for 40, 50 years and then retired. It doesn't happen mm -hmm. now. You've got to stay nimble and very quick at things. And if it sounds like I'm pushing hard here, maybe I am, because maybe you need that to get off your ass and make the change. Uh, that's what we need. And I have several examples that I can tell another time or one-on-one -on -one with people where I've had to do that. Did they all work out perfect? No. But like I taught people that worked for me for years as well, make decisions, okay? Make decisions. If you don't make any, nothing changes. But if you make 10 decisions and you got six right, that's six right that you did, right? If you make 10 changes and you only get seven right, yeah, but you changed seven things for the better, didn't you? That's what matters. And then we get better at it. Like I said before, the brain rewires itself. The more we change, the more adapt to it, it will change with us and rewire itself, but you got to go through it. When I come on stage as well, I get people to do an exercise with me. Imagine a room with several hundred people. I get on stage. I said, okay, how many people have a watch? And hopefully some people still wear watches. I know we have our, you know, our smartphones and everything else. But if you do take it off, put it on the other wrist for me. Okay. Oh, yeah. Put it on the other wrist. Have you gone wrong, Christopher? Yeah, but I got, I got, uh, oh, you got 10 me. things on your wrist. I've seen. So no, I have I'm them take it off. I have them. I'm doing it. Good. Put it on the other wrist. Fumble with it because it's not going to happen easily for you. Believe me. Put it on the other wrist because you never put it on this wrist and you don't think it's a big deal. I said, no, just leave it there. Halfway through my keynote speech and presentation, we're chatting. I asked people, by the way, can somebody tell me the time, please? And everybody goes like this and they go, ah, oh, shit. And then they do this, right? But I told them, do that for a week. Do it for two weeks. Do it for 21 days because that's what we're told we have to do something for to create a new habit. And it becomes easier and better. And boy, you're slapping that wristwatch on like nothing every day. Brain works the same way. You're training it now to change, to adapt, and reinvent itself. And that's what it's about. It's small incremental changes as well that get you to where you want to be. But boy, it's, it, I'm not saying it's going to be easy, but you got to have the passion and the persistence, which is creating grit to get there. Yes. No, grit. I mean, that's why, you know, me, I'm all about unstoppable, you know, about no, no excuses. So no, I love the fact that you bring that pressure and that grit to this conversation, Rick, because so many people out in the personal development world, 
don't do their customers justice by, you know, that's why my tagline is helping people overcome their self-created crap without the self-help fluffy bullshit. When I first got into personal development, I was the suit and tie guy. I was out there wearing the suit yeah. and tie with my hands doing this thing. And I was just like, okay, I love speaking and everything else, but I just wasn't being congruent. And then, then I was like, okay, I love coaching people, but then people were telling me to coach a certain way. And I'm like, no, I usually, if I just coach people, I'm very me. When I was coaching, I was doing it very prescriptively. Okay, I got to have lesson one, lesson two and everything. And then when I became the no excuses coach and said, you know what, I'm just going to go with my intuition and free fall into whatever it is that person nice. might be meeting. Because that's what I was doing anyway with people who I was more successful with when I wasn't coaching them and I was just being me. And so I changed that around. So yes, that's why I tell people, I said, I will, I will want for your success probably more times than you will as my client. And I'll tell that to people um, yeah. but at the same time, you know, if there is something that's, that's, that's coarse or that, you know, maybe tough, it's all out of love because the faster you change somebody's state and you get them to get that physicality and that emotional uh, yeah. tie in to a protected uh, potential regret, you know, that's yeah. where the money starts happening. When you start pissing people off and they have to defend their situation that, you know, normally they wouldn't be able to defend so well. Like, okay, so why are you doing that? Why are you doing it? Oh, because of this, because of this. And they think they're winning. And I'm like, well, why are you doing it because of that? Why are you doing it because of that? Then you start digging, you start getting into the root of the situation. You're like, okay, you're miserable in your relationship. You're miserable in this. Right. And you're trying to, you're trying to put off this bravery story. And all I'm going to do is dig in there because if you want to change, then we got to figure out where that little splinter is. And we got to kind of aggravate that splinter. I was telling somebody the other day, they were having a challenge with, I said, you know, there's 52 weeks in a year. I said, if you pick one situation to get out of your comfort zone every single week, I said, at the end of that, one and at the end of one year, you're yeah. going to have 52 accomplishments to look back on. And not yeah. only that is once you get through the first two or three, and I've, I've seen this with my, with my clients, once you get through the first two or three, you start realizing, Hey, it's not that uncomfortable. And Hey, I feel better for it because I'm doing something that I normally wouldn't do. And right hey, on. You know, what else can I be doing? Because yeah. you know, the way I look at things, Rick, is that everything's a chapter in your life. And so many people want the same shit. And I did that for a long time. I love the eighties. I had a blast in the eighties and I used to be, man, I want to get the life back to the, the life back to the eighties and the music back to the eighties and, you know, yeah. blah, blah. And then at one point I was just like, that was then now that was that, that was then Chris. And now right. you, you're, you are Christopher 10.0 above what Christopher was back at that point. Right. And it's okay to say, Hey, you know, I had a good time and I wish you guys well. And if you guys are different than me, then that's okay. If we got back together in a room, it'd be all good. Move on. Now, now I'm Christopher this and you're that, and it's all good. Yeah. So many people yeah. want to hang on to that, that normalcy. But yeah. I just tell people that you just got to create what your new version is, what's your next chapter in your, in your, in your book of what it is that you're living out. Right. No, I, that's fabulous. I absolutely agree. And, and you know, your name that I see there, Christopher, and my name down below here, uh, neither of it is Marty McFly. None of us are going back to the future. Hopefully people got that reference. But it, it's so true and you can't. So you have to adapt and change and move forward the whole time. I'm going to show you something here. It's kind of fun. So I hand this out. See if I can get it for you here. I hand this out when I'm on stage to everybody in the audience ahead of time. And I ask him as we're talking and so on, figure out what your punch is. What is your P-U-N-C-H that's going to get you through things? Is it passion? Is it uniqueness? Is it new? Is it challenging? You know, what is it? Is it a huge change? Great. And I have them fill this out to give them a bit of a kickstart as well to what we're doing. Oh, by the way, just so you can see there, that that that's me in the red. Just so we're clear. Uh, oh, in the red? Okay. I figured so, one of them would be. <laughs> so, you know, the, the point is, that, yeah, let's start figuring this out right away. Let's not wait. Start where you stand. The tools and everything you need will come to you. Okay. And, and you know, like where you say over here so greatly, no excuses. Let's get it going. Yeah, it's going to be, you know, any type of change we know is difficult at the beginning, messy in the middle, but great at the end. We got to get to that end and envision that going forward. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like you said, you know, find out, figure out what the end is, what the end is and work backwards. And for me, that was writing my eulogy in 2008 and sitting there saying, okay, what is it that I want to be remembered for and take that seriously. And that became the blueprint for my coaching practice, speaking and everything else it was like, that's when I took it seriously because I put it on paper. Here's what my legacy is. And so that's great exercise. It's like, go back and do that and write that affirmation statement because in, in the in the time I've been doing that exercise with, with my clients, 99, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna try to be as accurate as 98, 99% of them all come back 
wanting to do the exercise and loving the exercise. I had, I've had a few people that were very, I was surprised at how emotionally traumatized they were um, by doing the exercise, but not realizing that I needed to do a little work before I had them do that exercise and realizing that there was some issues from the past related to eulogies and saying, oh, yeah. and, and some fears and stuff like that go. Um, but you know, what do you say, Rick? And I think we said it in a roundabout way, but I'm trying to be very specific to people who might be watching that just, they just don't have it. They're just stuck. And they just feel like I was talking to somebody the other day and, and no matter what I said, I couldn't help them. They're just like, Chris. And, and literally I was like, yeah, you are kind of screwed up. You're, you're, I mean, not screwed up in the way, but you're, I mean, what you have going on is pretty fucked up and I'm yeah. not, I'm not perfect at, at, at describing everything that you need to do. But yeah. some of these people are just like, it goes, my, my unemployment's running out next week. This is running out next week. That's running out. I've already asked the, the, the landlord for two extensions. I've already did this. Then yeah. I'm like, yeah. what do we tell those people? No, it can be very tough for sure. One of the things that I do is we put together a 90-day plan. And, you know, what are the plans? What are the actions? What are the priorities that you need to look at and take? But what we do with that as well is understand we're not in this alone. Then there's a column for us to look at and say, okay, who can help you with that? There's got to be somebody. Let's look at them and start calling upon those people, institutions, whatever it might be. And what are we going to be asking them to do for us? How are they going to help us? Let's have a very clear objective to that. So again, we're creating a blueprint and a plan for success one step at a time. And even though your major goal might be a year away, well, let's break it down into 90 days. What are the first things, priorities that we need to do in the first 90 days and who can help you with that? One of the things, and I don't always have people to help out, but is that I have a very vast network and through all different areas of my life, uh, through my sports, through my personal life, through my career and business and so on. It's usually somebody I can link people up with as well. So that networking piece is so very, very important to them. And and it's it's not a pitch for my programs, but going on something like the Reinvent Yourself program and getting the workbook and going through the steps is a very good start to help people move in the direction that they want, to articulate what they're trying to do. Similar to what you were saying, Christopher, by asking the right questions. You know, whether you start at the end, the real end being a eulogy and work your way back. So those are some of the things that we can be doing. L listen, Leonardo da Vinci said, every obstacle yields to stern resolve. And I truly believe that. So we just have to stay focused on it, but not allow things like our ego to get in the way from helping us. One of the gentlemen I was training with for this Fight 10 Cancer event had a great saying, and he'd always say to me, your amigo, uh, your ego is not your amigo. Your ego is not your amigo. And, and it took me a while to get that because I went through some pretty, there's one really good story in here in a chapter that talks about me just getting pounded in the ring by a much better fighter when I was coming up through the ranks and training. And, and you get humbled very quickly and you have to learn to control your ego to get to where you want to be. None of these other things matter as much, except that end goal that you have in mind. And again, society will put pressure on you because they might not see where you're headed overall. And they'll just see the little errors or tweaks and so on. But, you know, we have to keep going. Winston Churchill said that if we stop to address every dog that barks at us, we'll never get where we want to go. Mm -mm. No, no. And and you touched on something very important, Rick, that I want to dig into for a second that I haven't dug into in a while. You talked about ego. And I think about the quandary of ego versus confidence versus arrogance, you know, and, and, and one of the things I used to do in my talks was I would talk specifically about arrogance versus confidence and then incorporate a little bit of the ego in it. But since you had brought that up, what are your, what are your perspectives about those three confidence, ego, and arrogance, and how do they tie into each other? Yeah, boy, that's a good question. I hadn't uh, thought much about that. Well, first off, confidence to me is something that, that you'll show it will come out. Okay. If people, have too much of an ego, they'll talk about it as opposed to actually just show it. If you have what it takes, the actions will come out. It's like the, the um, pre-fight talk and the weigh-ins and things like that. If, if you have to be a big mouth about it and so on, then, then you know, you might not have the confidence to uh, confidence and competence to back it up. That's your ego talking more than anything else. What was the third item you mentioned? Confidence, ego? Uh, arrogance. Arrogance. Well, we know people that are arrogant. It's people that have crossed well over the line to show more than their competence and that have to be arrogant in certain ways. Usually, most times they are compensating for something. Mm -hmm. it's, it's a way of overcompensating to hide something that's missing or lacking. 
and sometimes used as a distraction with people as well. And I've seen that throughout my life and people in careers, uh, people in sporting events and, and just people in life as well. Mm -hmm. No, it's true. And I, I, thank you for answering that. I know it's a challenging question at some point um, to really try to think about those because so many different aspects of them could be mutual or they could be um, totally opposite. And so I find it fascinating when I meet people, usually pretty quickly, I can meet somebody mm -hmm. and tell if they're arrogant or if they're confident or if they're, you know, or if they're just a confident person that just, you know, is a cool person. Um, yeah. but because I tell people like I've met millionaires and I'm not sure if I've ever met a billionaire and know it, but I met a lot of famous people, <laughs> actors, rock stars, people who have a lot of money and all sorts yeah. of different houses. And, and I can say this because not any of them would be, would know who I'm talking about, but most of them aren't very happy. And right. I know that because they'll sit there and they'll talk to me offline. Like, Chris, what about this? Well, then I'm like, wow, you know, you've got all this stuff and it's kind of amazing that you, that you yeah. don't. Where are you getting, where are you getting that from? You know, is this, this a propped up ego that your, your agents and everybody else have been telling you, but um, it's crazy. And the other people that I've talked to about in, you know, arts and entertainment and all that other stuff is like, yeah, a lot of them are, they don't have that, that strong, confident foundation yeah. that it's, that it's propped up about a lot of other things. But one of the things I want to ask you, Rick, is, is, is in thinking about what's going on in the world today, another aspect that pops up that I want to get your take on is the fact that obviously throughout personal development and the things that we need to do to get where we need to go and want to go, we need relationships. We've talked about that, right? Yeah. With different kinds of relationships, whether the relationships are working for us or working against us. Right. You know, obviously you've seen it. I've seen it. We go on Facebook and we're seeing the, I'll just put it very, very generically, the shit show that's going on with people and the mask and all these different opinions and the hatred and the divisiveness and yeah. all that stuff. Um, talk to us about, how people could handle that. You know, I'm seeing, I'm some, I'm seeing some people handling it awesomely. I'm seeing some people say, if you don't like me, fucking unfriend me, you're an asshole. And I'm like, okay, we have differences, opinions. It doesn't mean we can, we have to be like that. But I know some people are struggling with that because they're like, oh, my best friend is this, or this person thinks that and now they think this of me. And so people are not only struggling with the uncertainty of everything else, but now they're starting to wonder, you know, who the people in their life are that they could trust or if they're valued, if they can even be valued for their opinions that they're going to have. What are your, some yeah. of your, your opinions and maybe some personal stories that you've had throughout this? Yeah, it's a tough one, isn't it? You know, you really do get to see people in a different light when something like this happens. Oh, yeah. uh, for myself, I came to an understanding that um, it's not my job to change everybody's opinion. It's not my job to get everybody on my side and so on. Um, you know, if I were going to study any type of background that helps me a lot of times probably be Buddhism and you know I just want everybody happy and I want to live my life you can live yours just don't interfere with each other's badly mm -hmm. uh, however that might work out for us I think is the best way to look at it I'm not here to influence people in one way or another I'm here to help them if they require some help or assistance and have come my way I obviously surround myself with people uh, and there's really only two type of people one that bring you energy and one that suck your energy Yes. And the people that bring you your energy and bring energy are fabulous to have around you. And I'm not saying that these are yes people, that everybody just agrees with everything that you say. No, that's not the point. But they bring you energy in a positive light. They'll still challenge you in certain ways and so on. Negative people, especially when it comes to questions. Here's how you determine whether somebody brings you energy or sucks your energy. It's by the questions they ask. Questions such as, hey, Rick, did you have a good day today? Christopher, tell me about the best thing that happened today. These are type. As opposed to people that go, well, I saw that podcast. You know, you weren't very good. Were you not prepared? You know, why weren't you ready for that? Were you not ready? Do you not know how important this is? Do you see the subtle difference there? Who's bringing you energy and who's sucking your energy? Mm -hmm. Two major differences. So listen, I know it's tough right now. I, I don't know how to answer that specifically for everybody out there. Um, I used to be somebody who had everything set. 10 years out, 100 years out, as to my future and so on. I'm not that way so much anymore. Yeah, I have a plan. I'm executing plans all the time, but I allow them to be flexible. And, and no, I didn't anticipate COVID coming. People said, well, it's a great timing for your book. Everybody needs to reinvent themselves. Yeah, but I didn't plan on that. You know, I kind of let the universe take its way sometimes and steer the bus a little bit of life and go along with it and not get too worked up over everything that comes our way. Listen, there are things we need to take a stand for. And right now, there's a lot of that going on. And I encourage it. And I take a stand where I think it's necessary as well. I mentioned my older son, his second degree is in social work. So he makes sure that I'm on 
task with a lot of that as well, that dad's not, you know, drifting or getting away with anything. But it, it's tough. Everybody's going to adapt and change at their own rate, at their own pace, the way that they want to. I think the most important thing here is that as long as it doesn't have a negative impact on others, then it's not such a big deal. Everybody doesn't have to do it my way or Christopher's way. Mm-hmm. You know, just 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 support people where you can. And if they need guidance, be there for them, whoever they are. Because right now, I used to teach people in leadership as well. When you ask somebody, how are they? Don't just accept, I'm fine. I'm good. Yes. Th- those aren't things. No, hair can be fine, right? Certain things are good. People are much deeper than that. Ask them again, no, really, how are you? Wait, listen. Like you said, Christopher, you know, use these things in ratio. Use your ears and your mouth in ratio and really listen and dive deep so that you can understand people. That's a caring individual that you want to have in your circle. That's somebody who's going to bring you the good energy that we need to get through some of these difficult times together. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, that's that's uh, I love the way you you phrase that, Rick, because I've had I've had personal challenges with being so outspoken as I am and not really giving a shit at this point in my life, leaving my corporate career just last year for after 26 yeah. years is at one job. Um, and just kind of like just really free falling and deciding based on my coaches who have, who've told me like, Chris, just be you stop yeah. worrying about offending people. Stop worrying about pissing people off. That's what people love about you is that you're honest and you're this and you're that. And, you know, I was going to ask you this question as well, but you know, in using our platforms and our voices and the people that follow us and look to us for guidance and everything, you know, when Black Lives Matter started coming out, I was like, okay, I'm going to stick with personal development. I'm going to stick with, you know, all the stuff and keep people positive. I'm not going to go, I'm not going to deal with the news. I'm not going to deal with politics. I'm not going to deal with controversial issues that have 17 different sides and and all those different points. But at the same time, here I'm watching my wife and I'm watching my wife watch the news and I'm watching her crying at what's going on. And, you know, I overheard her talking to her, her mom who's still with us, um, stuck here from COVID. And, you know, and she basically was saying that Chris has a voice and he has a platform and he can get to people and he could use this, you know, for good. And honestly, Rick, I had to sit there and go, okay, by making a statement, I know that some of my friends or some of my followers or whatever are going to be like, okay, Chris, you know, deals with that. And and I was like, am I okay with those people saying, okay, wow, he stands up for black people. And I went, okay, that's a stupid thing. Yeah. If you don't like me because I stand up for black people, please don't friend me, you know, or let's have a conversation about what I could do to help change your perspective about those things. Um, But then I decided to go ahead and do that. And it actually felt really good to be able to be out there publicly, but it was also so draining in thinking about like, okay, how is this impacting other people? Am I hurting their feelings? And sometimes, like we just said earlier, sometimes we just have to be direct and stand on You know, it's a several headed dragon for sure. And, you know, we don't all have the answers. But like I say, the most important thing we can do is is stand up when we need to. And it's something that, again, you know, I've been taught by others and encouraged by others, too, in my circle that we do have a platform and we can't just remain silent anymore. And it's not enough to simply say, well, well, you know, I'm a good guy. I'm okay. I don't harm anybody and so on. No, in this case, it is time to stand up and use the platform for very positive change as much as we can and to listen to others and help wherever we can. I'm not saying that we're going to understand the situation from other people's perspective. We can't. That's impossible. But what we can do is listen and accept that it is the way that it is and then look for positive change in ourselves, in others, in society, wherever it needs to happen. And, and that's that's where I'll take it as well, whenever possible, whenever I can. No, thank you for sharing that. It's, I, I just, I just, I'm trying to help people from all different aspects who yeah. I've got per, friends of personal development who watch the show. And yeah. so some of the ask, you know, experts, like how do they view it? Because they won't, they won't come out and talk about it necessarily, but I'm like, everybody's, everybody's dealing with it. It's like, you know, just call yeah. out the elephant in the room. Some of us have, I know my friends, some of my friends have not said boo about it. And I know people like me have, or people even stronger than me have gone like full tilt buggy on it. I'm like, okay, right. I'm kind of being in the middle about it. So thank you yeah. for sharing that. Um, yeah. You're right. I, lo- I, I love your perspectives about things. I really do. So I'm curious, you know, we think a lot alike and we coach a lot alike. Who are some of your influences, you know, in the personal development space in life who, who have helped create this knowledge, this confidence, this knowing about life that you have that I, I feel yeah. there's a sense of security in your voice that everything's going to be fine. You know, with all the different <laughs> things you've been through in your life, the things you're going through in your life, everything that, that it's, that's coming around. Yeah. You know, who are the people that that were behind you, either in books or mentors yeah. or coaches, you know, that, that helped form this? 
Yeah, that, that's a really good question. I give a keynote speech called Leadership Your Way. And in it, I talk about with the audience developing your leadership style and how it's going to be different than anybody else's. And as much as you can admire and have mentors in certain areas of leadership or whatever it might be in life, you're going to be a mosaic. You're going to be bits and pieces of other people, leadership styles. You're going to be made up of the experiences that you've had, some that you can share with people so that you um, gain, they gain an understanding of where you're coming from and why you're even talking about this. So it's really a makeup of that. So, you know, to, to be honest, when I think about people, there's been several and I won't name specific people, but I'll be general. Um, you know, there was one person when I started in business and made a transition from engineering over to sales and reinvented myself. That's one of the reinventions I talk about in the book. And this was an, uh, an old sales guy, you know, salt of the earth type, but he was very good for me. And he taught me many things about the business world. So there's a mentor in its way. Uh, there was a coach one time in one of my large focus sporting events that really helped me uh, understand mindfulness and how powerful the mind can be in anything that you're doing. And I've had two other individuals that have helped me in my life with that as well. How focused we can be, even though there's so much going on and so much noise around us, how focused we can really be. So that's another individual for me. Interestingly enough as well, um, family members. My dad's always been a good influence because he's much different than me. And, and people now say, and it's very funny to people that have known me for many years, up in the teenage years I learned a lot I learned patience and other factors from them were ways that I had to learn because I wanted to change and get better on a regular basis I won't go into it but one thing we talk about is emotional intelligence and how important it is to understand self and understand others and when we get a better grasp on that it's a lifelong learning process we improve ourselves and we improve our life and we get to that point where you said you can be happy and I ask people in one exercise when I'm coaching them, paint a picture of success for me. What is success? And it gives me a very good understanding of where they're coming from. If they're still stuck in societal type of success, which is money, material things, and so on, or if they pivoted into a different area now, and that's the direction they want to go in. What is it? How do you define success and happiness? And I think that if we focus on those things, we'll be much better off to ourselves and those around us. Mm, brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. You guys should go back and listen to that again and write that down because that is, um, you know, essentially what we've been saying throughout this broadcast is the fact that, um, you know, we're unique individuals having this experience in our life and that no one answer is going to solve the situation for any of us. And yeah. I'm really appreciative of that, Rick. Where can they get a hold of you and, and purchase your book before I ask you my last question? Well, great. Thank you. Uh, the book's up on Amazon, so you can go to Amazon.com and grab the book. Other information and my programs are all at www.rickdenley.com. So you can, uh, yeah, there it is there. You can go and grab information there. You can join some of my programs. Uh, you know, grab a 15-minute conversation with me. Just put it on my calendar there, and I'm happy to chat with you and see if there's a fit and we can do some things together. I'm always looking to grow and expand and learn about all these great viewers that you have out there. And work with them as well. So those are great ways to get a hold of me on social media. I'm on LinkedIn, of course. I'm on uh, Instagram at Denley Rick. All of that information is on my website. Awesome, awesome. Thank you, Rick. I really appreciate you being on the show and sharing this and just getting to know you better as a brother. Well, th no, thanks for having me. To put me in front of your audience is brilliant. I always, always love following you, and you always got this great energy, Christopher. So on behalf of me and a bunch of your viewers as well, thank you. Uh, it's my pleasure, man. It's my pleasure. Thank you. Um, my last question is a little bit selfish one, and I but I know that there are um, friends of mine out there who are struggling with this as well, um, with kids that are different ages. And you mentioned you're a dad, so I'm going to look to you as as the resident expert since your kids are older. Um, what what advice do you have for us parents that are that are trying to whether our kids are three and a half like mine, they're eight, they're ten, they're thirteen, they're fifteen. You know, I really feel for a lot of my friends out there who are struggling to figure out, okay, how am I going to go back to work and put my kid in school? How am I going to keep my kid from going insane that they're doing this, you know, sixth grade math on the, on the computer and they don't get to see their friends. And what do you say to parents? How do you help parents a, you know, focus on what's the most important aspect of being a parent? Cause I think sometimes we get overwrought with, Oh, they have to be in school and they have to be doing this and they have to be doing that. 
I'm just curious, what are your perspectives as a parent to make sure that the kids are successful during this time of uncertainty? Well, that's a great question. I didn't write a parenting book. I'm not proposing to be the uh, the parent expert by any means, but I did have the experience and we learned from it. You know, uh, like we talk about, one of the things that we understand is that if we're depressed about something, a lot of times it's because of something in the past that needs to be worked out. If we're anxious about something, it's because of the future that, as you mentioned earlier, is uncertain. One thing, live in the moment. They will never come again. The moments will never come again when they're four, five, six, seven, and eight. Please live in that moment. I won't say that I, I didn't. I thought I, I lived in it as much as I could. Hugely involved with my kids and their lives as well. So I think that's really important to build a lasting, strong relationship with your kids because they don't turn any age and not need you anymore. They go, okay, they're 18, they're on their own, they're off to university. No, they come home. And even after that, they go through things and they need you there. So this is a lifelong thing. Even though mine don't live with me now, we're still very close. Uh, the other thing I would say is give some thought to what might be upsetting you and ask yourself, will this matter a year from now? Will this matter three years, five years from now? Uh, it was the same when I tried to get parents to understand that brought their kids into the hockey world. Hockey's huge here in Canada, especially, and, and in places all over the world, including the U.S. They thought their kid was going to go to the NHL, and that was the most important thing. Well, what we have to realize is that not everybody's going to, but most importantly, a lot of what you're doing won't really matter, okay? It's going to take its own direction. Keep supporting. Keep loving. Be there for them. Don't put huge pressure on them either way. They will find their way. It won't be at the pace that either you think it should be or your neighbors or friends think it should be. They might not be keeping up with the Joneses. Don't worry about that stuff. They'll find their way on their own through your love and support. And if you do that, it's going to make it a lot easier on you too. And they'll sense that, that you're not so anxious about things as well and make it much better to be around. So listen, I'm not a parenting expert, but if that helps a few people out, great. No, it does. And, I, and I, we're, none of us are parenting experts. Otherwise, somebody would be writing a book that says, I've got the perfect kid and I don't know anybody who has the perfect kid. <laughs> um, so no, no, thank you for that. It's, it, I mean, it is. That's, that, it, it, and I love what you said in that, Rick. And I don't know if you, if you, if you, if you heard me say it, but a lot of my posts are always hashtag moments. And I'm always, if it's a personal moment or that I'm sharing with, with, with my fans or followers, whatever you want to call them, I'm always indicating that moment because uh, my own previous success was owed a lot because I was not in the moments. My previous success was owed because I was always seven days ahead and 15 days ahead and a hundred days ahead. And I've got this done. And I'm going this and I'm doing this and the butt, 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 or I was way in the past playing armchair quarterback, trying to figure out, okay, how, what could I have done better? What could I, I was never in the moment and sure. in, 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 in getting Jackson and having him become a, become a part of our life, becoming a dad. Um, so quickly, um, one of the lessons I knew that I was going to go into parenting, I knew I was going to learn a lot. And I was excited about learning a lot about myself, um, about people to, to ultimately be a better coach, actually, to be obviously yeah. a great dad, but to be a better coach, to understand what people go through and what those situations go through. And in that, in that first six months, I kept asking, I was always asking parents, parent parental advice, even though I didn't have kids, because I figured I want to see what all the different parents say to yeah. make a successful person. And that varied. Um, but when I became a dad, it's interesting. And I asked my friends who had older kids, that was one of the number one things they said was, Chris, enjoy every moment. Enjoy every dirty diaper. Enjoy every throw up. Enjoy every story. Enjoy every bath. Enjoy every bottle you have to make. Every bottle you have. And I was like, when they first told me that, I was like, sounds insane. You want me to enjoy every dirty, what? I want the dirty diaper thing to be over with. I want the puking thing to be over with. I want the sleeping through the whole night to be. They make for know. good stories. Yeah. And, and then, and then it started happening. Yeah. I was like, okay, now he's getting close to being out of diapers. I'm like, wait, 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 no, no, no. And no. I started putting pieces together. I'm like, I get it now. That's why people have more kids. Cause they're like, wait, I mean, he's three and a half right now. He looks like he's five. I talked to him like he's seven and I'm like, he's three and a half years old, Chris, you know, and it just forces me every time I get a chance to play with them in these moments, you know, leaving my corporate yeah. career, all of those little itty bitty things. Like you said, those moments string together and then you have a string of seven moments that are awesome. And then a right. string of 25 moments. And then it's just like, how can, 
how can the outside world be so negative and so destructive if I'm in those moments versus being cerebral and, and contemplative and assumptive and projecting? Worrying about the past, which you can't change, and the future, which you have no real impact on overall. The only thing that we have impact on is right now. Yep. And that's why you do live in the moment, and you can. Mm. Yeah, and if you're, okay. if you're numb, worrying about the future all the time, you're never going to enjoy the present. Yeah, that's living versus existing. I mean, <laughs> how many people are doing that right now? Right. Um, Wow, yeah. Rick, thank you so much. Uh, final thoughts to take us out. What do you really want the viewers to take from our discussion, our chat, the different things we've, we've, we've examined and, and yeah. kind of uh, highlighted? What do you really want to hit home with the listeners? Here's what I want to share with your listeners and your viewers. And thank you so much for having me on your show. I want the viewers and listeners to understand something, okay? You're braver than you believe, stronger than you seem, and smarter than you think. What? Really? <laughs> no, that's beautiful. That's beautiful, man. And I want to thank you again so much for being on the show. Um, at the time of the show, it's being recorded. So when we're actually publishing the show, you'll see a lot more information about Rick and being able to get in touch with them. But uh, Rick, thank you so much for, for being here on the Raw and Unscripted Show. I appreciate it. I'm just going to put you backstage here for a second and take Thanks, us out. Awesome. Oh, no problem. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children from most ages. Hey, this is the Raw and Unscripted Show. And that was Rick Denley. Uh, we just spent approximately 58 minutes just talking about what it takes to have that unstoppable life, how, what it takes to increase your confidence, what it, what it means to increase your endurance, both mentally, physically, and spiritually. You know, this is an uncertain time, but quite honestly, any time in your life has been uncertain. You know, when I, when people are sitting there saying, you know, I don't know what to expect next week. I don't know what to expect, you know, for my job or this or that. When you really think about it, ladies and gentlemen, I don't know what to expect 10 minutes from now. You know, a plane could hit my house. I could have an aneurysm. My kid could choke. You know, I could slip down the stairs. I could cut myself. I could, there's so many different things that we can have. And we're trying to predict what can be certain so that we're comfortable. You know, Tony Robbins talks about that. Like we want things, we want certainty. We want certainty. I got to figure that out. How do I be certain? Because then I'm safe. Then I don't have to worry about fears. As long as everything happens within this, this space, then I'm okay. And the one thing that I'm sure Rick would agree with me based on all the conversations that we've had here and during this time is that life happens for you, not to you. You know, life happens for you. And every moment that we get, every opportunity that we get to wake up and, 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 and immerse ourselves in our lives with sight and smell and feeling and emotion and love and, and contribution. And the less we worry about the past and the less we fear the future and the more we embrace those moments those moments with our family, those moments with our parents, those moments with our friends that we don't know if they're going to be here tomorrow. I heard a study one time and I'm going to butcher the crap out of this, but I think when you get past 30 years old, they did a study of how much time you actually spend with your parents before they die. And it was crazy. You know, you think, oh, I go home and see my parents, you know, every couple of years or blah, blah, blah. They added it up. It was like seven hours that you're going to see your parents for the rest of your life. And when people hear that and they see it, they're like, Oh my God, you know, I, are you getting out of relationships that don't long, don't any longer serve you? You know, stop trying to stay in that comfort zone. Stop trying to live and find certainty and instead embrace the fact that life is uncertain. You're awesome. You're confident. You can get through anything that you put your mind to. And we have all of the resources available to you now. You simply have to go to Google or YouTube and figure it out. There are people out there who will talk your ear off for free and give you free advice. All you have to do is raise your hand and say, hey, listen, I'm confused. I'm stuck. I'm fucked up. I don't know what I'm doing. Can you please help me? I need some help. But it starts with you saying that and being honest and realizing that that's not a sign of weakness, that that is a sign of strength. That is a sign of strength. There, I, I couldn't even begin to tell you how many people are out there right now are trying to still put on the good face and pretend that everything's fine when deep inside their shit is unraveling. It's like, hey, raise your hand and say, I need some help. I need a hug. I need a few bucks. I need a meal. There's so many people out there that will make a difference in your life. And if you're in that position to make a difference in somebody's life, that's what I beg of you to do. Go contribute. Because when you go contribute, your life exponentially feels a thousand percent better. That's why I do these shows. That's why I coach. That's why I'm sure Rick would agree with you. When you go contribute and do something else for somebody else, it's amazing the, the rewards that you get back. It's, the, it's amazing. There are even rewards you don't even want to go tell anybody about because they just make you feel good. And when you feel good, you want to do more good and you're happier around other people. So if you're miserable, then you need to take a look in the mirror and go figure it out. 
All right, guys, make sure you stay in touch with Raw and Unscripted on YouTube. Go to youtube.com forward slash the Christopher Roush and you can get all the latest walk and talks and all my videos. You can get the Friday night live videos that we're doing with myself, Scott Goyette. We're doing those Friday night shows that are awesome. Had a great one last Friday night. We got another fun one coming up this Friday night. Uh, we've got my other show, uh, Rainbows and Real Talk with Pamela Aubrey that we're doing every couple of weeks. You can see those shows on my YouTube page. Uh, even if you want to, you can see old videos of me in the suit and tie speaking on stage, doing the whole thing with no hat, no bandana. It's all good. I just direct you there. It's youtube.com forward slash the Christopher Roush. I thank you guys so much for being a part of this community, the Ron and scripted community for being a misfit for life, uh, for just being kick-ass, super, just fantastic people. I mean, I seriously, you guys, Larry, Tina, Angel, I mean, the list goes on, Cindy, Pam, I mean, there's so many of you guys. You're just so fucking awesome. Thank you so much. I love you guys. And we'll see you next time on the Ron and Scripted Show. Stay classy. And as always, stay kick.